Noise, Marine. The Lehman Rust battle tank rumbled along the pass, its tracks squealing in protest as the vehicle was driven at speed over the rocky terrain. The steep sides of the gorge rose up menacingly on either side, the black volcanic walls leaving the pass in permanent shadow. Behind the battle tank came a short column of Imperial Chimeras, the armoured troop carriers' multi-lasers swivelling to cover the sides of the pass in case of enemy attack. Inside the Lehman Russ, tank commander Rossman stared through the vehicle's sights at the boulder-strewn wilderness ahead of him. His mind was only partially concentrating on the journey, being mainly occupied with thoughts of the Chaos Force's attack on the fort. There were many such isolated outposts, and the fort had been built by the frontiersmen of the planet to protect a series of mine workings from the attentions of the local predatory fauna and belligerent primitive tribesmen. But why should the place so interest a traitor legion such as the Night Lords? Was it just another example of the mindless destruction and wanton havoc-wrecking that so characterised the Chaos Space Marines? Or did the twisted brethren of the Adeptus Astartes have a yet more sinister purpose beyond that of putting another defenceless world to the sword for their foul gods? As soon as the Imperial Guard headquarters on Purgatory had received the report of the imminent attack on the fort and the request for reinforcements, Colonel Drax had immediately dispatched the tank unit under Rossman's command. Rossman had led numerous assaults on the enemies of the Imperium, across the star system of the Ultima Segmentum, from breaking a siege laid by marauding orcs or relieving a planetary defence force from an Eldar attack. But Chaos Space Marines were something else. Rightly, they were held in a position of fear and awe by the soldiers of the Imperial Guard. These damned warriors had defied the Emperor for centuries, gaining invaluable experience in war through a thousand confrontations. Not only that but they marched into battle alongside the grotesque denizens of warp space, creatures with flesh of living metal and blood of liquid fire. Yea, even though thou pass through the valley of the shadow of death, Rossman found himself muttering aloud. Pardon, sir? asked the Laz cannon gunner, seated beneath him in the cramped belly of the tank. What? No. It's just a saying I remember someone telling me from old Earth Trooper, Rossman explained. How far now, he continued, trying to put the thoughts of demons out of his head. Thirteen clicks, sir, the guardsman replied, checking the instruments in front of him. Estimated time of arrival? Eleven minutes, sir. The battle tank was suddenly shaken by a deep, rumbling blast as a weapon was fired into the pass. Looking through the sights, Rossman saw a section of the gully wall to the right erupt. Much of that part of the gorge wall proceeded to give way, chunks of rock as big as the Lehman Russ tumbling down into the pass, partially blocking the reinforcements' route. A second blast, like a thrumming boom, rocked the tank and over the comlink, Rossman heard a cry of anguish from one of the other vehicles. The tank commander scanned the sides of the pass through the tank's sights but could see nothing. Simultaneously, the cliff face behind the tank crumbled, separating the Lehman Russ from the rest of the cavalcade. What's going on? he shouted to his crew. Chimera 2's multi-laser has been hit, sir, 
a bolter gunner reported from his station. By what? I can't, I can't tell, sir. Looks like it was some kind of heavy weapon. All crew on standby, Rossman ordered. If you see anything, fire at will. The back of the second Chimera dropped open and the armoured vehicle disgorged its cargo of Cadian troopers amid a cloud of oily smoke. The shot that had knocked out the troop carrier's multilaser had resulted in a flashback that caused a secondary explosion inside the vehicle. Clear of the choking smoke, the guardsmen immediately set about taking up positions around the pass. Trooper Lyle darted over the gravelly floor of the gorge, keeping his body low as he ran and joined two of his fellows behind the great boulder they were using as cover while they tried to pinpoint the exact position of their attackers. Then they saw them, space marines in brilliantly painted power armour, standing on the lip of the gorge. The striking contrasts of colours and bizarre patterns daubed on their suits, making them all too obvious against the grey skyline. These could only be noise marines, chaos space marines who had dedicated themselves to the worship of the sensual lord of pleasure. Where the power armour of the Emperor's loyal space marines was a pure, uniform hue, the chaos distorted ceramite and plasteel plates of the noise marines were daubed in a mind-wrenching spectrum of colours. Spots and jagged stripes clashed with fluorescent streaks and bright swirls of colour. Such perverse contrasts and use of colour was enough to turn a sane man's mind. In all indicated the extreme forms of stimuli, the pleasure-numbed senses of Slanesh's chosen required to gain any emotional response from an experience. Intensely heightened hearing combined with centuries of sensual abuse had left a permanent scar on the psyche of all noise marines. It only took... A second for Lyle to register all of this, which was all the time it took for the noise marines to pick their targets. The guardsmen's ears were suddenly assailed by a cacophonous wailing that rose and fell in pitch with jarring abruptness. Harmonics formed within the metallic scream, and the trooper grimaced in pain as the noise increased in volume. The ground was now vibrating in resonance with the sonic roar. In showers of crimson sparks or rupturing explosions of white-hot metal shards, the weapon systems of several of the other troop carriers were destroyed under the noise marines' barrage. Lyle watched as a squad of shock troops, previously pressed up against the side of the first stricken chimera, moved out to engage the enemy on the battlefield. At once they were cut down by the screeching howls from the noise marines' sonic blasters. Waves of torturous sound, ruptured organs, snapped bones, and ripped the guardsmen's bodies apart. A deep, resonating bass note assailed Lyle's ears, and he was sure that the noise would deafen him. From where he stood, with his hands pressed over his ears to try and block out the banshee wails of the ambushers, the Cadian saw that several of his fellow troopers had wheeled out an autocannon from a motionless chimera. Before they even had a chance to use the gun, the noise marines were firing on them again. Lyle watched in horror, unable to tear his eyes away as the barrel buckled and the cannon exploded in an impressive display of pyrotechnics. Burning wreckage and charred flesh rained down onto the floor of the pass. Guardsmen desperately looked for the Lehman Russ battle tank that had been leading this column of reinforcements. 
but it was trapped too, and under attack from yet more of the brightly painted warriors, wielding heavy, long-necked weapons. And then he was screaming himself, through clenched teeth, trying to drown out the sound throbbing inside his skull. The crack like a thunderclap. The huge boulder shattered, lacerated by jagged splinters of stone. The Cadian stumbled backwards, no longer afforded any protection against the noise marine's sonic weapons. The agonising frequencies of the Blast Master sent conflicting signals spiralling through his nervous system throwing the guardsmen into a fit of thrashing spasms. Lyle felt one eye, and then another burst inside his head, before he was granted merciful release as his body exploded in a red spray that drenched the surrounding rocks. Inside the battle tank, Commander Rossman heard the thrumming bass note building in intensity. He took in the scene of carnage through the site's monitors, as his crew vainly attempted to repel the attackers. The noise marines were standing among the blazing wreckage and splintered remains of Cadian bodies. There were no signs of life from any of the troopers. Several figures, their armour painted in distorted camouflage patterns of orange and purple, were approaching the tank over the rubble of the landslide, huge destructive weapons in their hands. There was a sudden resounding boom and the stranded tank was shaken by a shockwave of incredible force, throwing the men stuck inside around the cabin. Over a long distance, the sonic weapons of the noise marines would have had little effect against a plasteel hull, but at short range, the impact was like the punch of an anti-tank shell. Gears ground painfully as the gunner tried to rotate the turret, suggesting that something essential would buckle if he continued to do so. Damage report, Rossman shouted over the discordant crescendo of the noise marines' assault and the chugging fire of the tank's heavy bolter sponsons. Those cannons out, yelled back a crewman, blood pouring from a gash on his forehead. And the turrets jammed! We can only fire forwards! And Slanesh curs are behind us and to the sides, Rossman hissed under his breath. Howling! In ecstasy, their screams of wild abandon reverberating through arrays of strange tubing attached to their helmets. The noise marines bombarded the battle tank with another round of ear-splinting pulses of sound from their blast masters. Rivets popped free and ricocheted around the interior of the armoured vehicle, inflicting yet more injuries on its occupants. Whipping free of the Lehman Russ, Strips of track flew off through the air. A heavy bolter exploded before the concussive waves, its ammunition detonating inside the chamber, just as the vehicle's drive shaft fractured. As the great adamantium rod smashed through motor systems and drive mechanisms, the tank was flipped over completely, crashing back down to earth on its crushed turret. A great whoop of perverse pleasure went up from the noise marine blastmaster squad, now surrounding the overturned tank. Under such direct attack, and with one burst from their mighty weapons after another, the Lehman Russ was weakening. The sustained shots sent hatches and gun casings flying until the tremendous stresses were too much for even the battle tank's sturdy chassis. Metal warped, armour fractured, 
and the hull of the battle tank was breached by the sonic barrage. A few guardsmen, blood gushing from ears, noses and eyes, staggered out of the wreck before falling to the ground unconscious as their brains turned to jelly under the atonal assault. Slanesh's noise marines celebrated their crowning achievement in one last mighty clashing cadence from their battery of sonic weapons. Their screams of exultation melding with the discordant roar into one agonising cacophony of destructive sound. The Lord of Pleasure had rewarded their loyalty with the death of the Imperial Guard's greatest weapon. There would be no reinforcements to relieve the fort. The humans holed up there would have to fight off the hordes of chaos unaided or suffer eternal damnation. There we go. Hope you enjoyed this one. Another oldie but a goldie. Bit of uh, Cadian versus Noise Marine action. Noise Marines always fascinated me. The idea of sonic weapons. It's actually something that's sort of coming to the fore now and I think has been sort of uh, in in the real world, you know, like uh, research for a long time. Um, sound weapons, microwave weapons, all that sort of stuff. It's pretty disturbing. It's pretty disturbing. But uh, I suppose this kind of gives you a glimpse of that. And it's always interesting to me. It's like the whole thing with like the Tau having loads of drones and things. It's funny to me how, like, um, the GW sort of designers and stuff, obviously drawing off actual sort of military stuff, you know, and it, or I suppose they're getting it from, like, existing science fiction stuff as well. But um, it's interesting how you can see things, like, the Tau thing with drones and stuff. Drones didn't really exist when the Tau came out, you know. Um, and if they did, they were, like, a really expensive sort of brand new thing. And now they're quite common and going to get more common. And it's interesting to see those early novels and representations of them, how... The entirety of Tau society is permeated by drones and stuff. It's interesting. I just like, I think it's funny how 40k has sort of preceded technology. You see the same thing with these exoskeletons and, you know, uh, power armor in the future. You know, like you've seen, I've seen these things. It's it's kind of what's going on. Um, but drones is a big one, of course. And this, this kind of sonic weapon stuff. Fascinating. Fascinating. Truly fascinating. Anyway, thank you everybody for supporting the channel. You can see your name scrolling by as I babble here. If you would like to support the channel, you can use the uh, links in the description below. I very much appreciate that. Uh, but please do, if uh, just give the video a like, please. And uh, let me know in the comments what you thought. And uh, please subscribe, obviously. And uh, share about if you know anyone who might enjoy this stuff. I'll see you later. Thanks very much for watching again. Bye-bye.